Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Hey there, friends. It's me, Nick, your host. This is Nick's Nerd News. Welcome to the program. It is Wednesday, July 14th. July fucking 14th. Well, shit. The year's half over. It's wild, man. It's wild. Hey, remember last week I was telling you guys I was going to shoutcast for the first time? Well, it was a major success with the 101 Esports League out of Oceanside, California. I will be returning this week uh, to shoutcast some more epicness on Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, you can catch us on Twitch at the 101 League. Uh, Twitch.tv slash the 101 League. That is, that is what it's called. Uh, you can also follow the 101 League on Instagram uh, and uh, Twitter, if I'm not mistaken, they have as well. Uh, so again, on Friday night, at uh, starting around just after 6, we'll be on Twitch.tv slash the 101 League. And uh, we'll be hosting another Super Smash tournament. And uh, yours truly will be shoutcasting with my partner Alex. And uh, we're going to be having a lot of fun just uh, shooting the shit, talking about Smash, and, and having a good old time. Um, hopefully see you guys there or in the chat. Uh, anyways, let's get down to business, huh? Thanks for coming to the show. Welcome back. Welcome in. Uh, enjoy the show today. We, we're going to talk about Black Widow. Um, and we're not talking about Loki season finale. We will talk about that next week. I have not watched it yet, so we will talk about it next week, uh, just so that way I can have some time to process it for sure. Um, but, uh, let's just get into the nitty gritty, the, the thick of it, into the thick of it. And first thing I want to talk about, we're getting Death Stranding, uh, is coming to PS5 in what's being called as a director's cut. But if you ask Kojima, it's not what he would consider a director's cut. Um, considering it's being called like an ex it's an expanded re-release, right, for the PS5. And um, he, he essentially said, this is his tweet, uh, it's one of two. He says, a director's cut in a movie is an additional edit to, shorten, to a shortened version that was either released reluctantly because the director did not have the right to edit it, or because the running time had to be shortened. Um, hold on. In the game, it is not what was cut, but what was additionally produced that was included. Delectors Plus. So in my opinion, I don't like to call it a director's cut. Uh, un unquote. So that, those are the tweets directly from Kojima. So if anything, it's not really a director's cut. Uh, it's, it's a director's plus, as, as he's calling it. Um, and that will release on September 24th on the PS5. Uh, you can transfer your save data from your PS4 version, um, and you can just upgrade for $10 if you own the PS4 version. I never finished the game, so maybe maybe I'll go back to it if I have time. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, or eventually, right? Let's, let's, let's be realistic on that one. Um, and uh, let's talk about some crazy, some crazy shenanigans going on in the video game auction world, huh? Two major records were broken last week. Last Wednesday, a sealed copy of the original Legend of Zelda, uh, and it was fully rated, 
Uh, so like I said, it was sealed and was sold. Uh, this game released in 1986 at retail for $49.99. It went uh, auction, pre-auction, it was going for over $100,000. And it ended up selling for $870,000. An unsealed, or a sealed copy of The Legend of Zelda from the original NES. Uh, which broke the uh, previous record held by Super Mario Bros., the, the NES version, which sold for $660,000. And not to be outdone, and, and I'm, I'm not kidding, a sealed copy of Super Mario 64 just up and went and sold for $1.56 million. It is now the most valuable game collectible of all time. Uh, Heritage Auctions sold it. Like, they literally... And this was on the 11th, right? So just two days later. Um, this uh, So that Zelda game had a WADA rating of 9.0A. So a near mint. And the Super Mario 64 was 9.8A++. And it's, it's pretty much like new. Like someone bought it, left it in the wrapper, sealed it away forever. And... It, it, it's literally the highest thing you can get other than a perfect 10. And it's $1.56 million. Damn, son. Like, maybe if I had kept an unopened version of Crash Bandicoot, I could be selling it for, for big bucks right now and gotten it graded and rated. So this game is, is in a plastic sealed case as well. So the game is sealed. And it's in a plastic sealed case because it was fully rated by WADA. That is insane. $1.56 million. You guys, and y'all got an uh, unopened version of a game somewhere that's worth money? Like, I'm not talking about like an unopened sealed version of, of like Duke Nukem Forever, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like Super Mario 64, an original NES game. Somehow, if someone has an E.T. cartridge that fell under the radar for decades. Like, this is insane. Insane. Insane in the membrane, folks. And uh, while we t stick to the uh, nostalgia goggles here, a video game collector, because we're talking about collectors, so he has found some kind of source code um, hinting at a possible unreleased game console from SNK. Um, this is from Anthony Bacon, who is a YouTuber. Uh, he got a mysterious package with that included an SNK motherboard. And the person who sent it to him didn't exactly know what it was. So this is on his uh, YouTube channel, Video Game Esoterica. And it looks to be a PC motherboard for what could have been the SNK Millennium, which was expected to launch around 1999. Uh, of course, it never came out. Uh, SNK was famous for releasing the Neo Geo. Um, and then the main reason they know it was for a console is it had a Hitachi SH4 processor, um, which was also on the Sega Dreamcast. Um, but it, it never, I guess, really came out. It never made it anywhere. Um, of course, SNK is more known in the arcade space nowadays, 
um, more so than their their the console space. But uh, interesting nonetheless. Um, but definitely worth a worth a check out. Uh, he did also talk with Eurogamer about it, so I'm sure there's an article on Eurogamer that you can look into. Um, but a console that never was that could have been. Um, also, last week was WitcherCon uh, over uh, on YouTube and things like that. Netflix partnered with CD Projekt Red uh, to have a whole convention centered around The Witcher. A couple announcements were actually made. Um, and in regards to The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, uh, it will be getting a next-gen upgrade for free. Um, and then along with that, it's actually going to get free DLC that will be based on the hit Netflix show. And along with that, CD Projekt Red also announced that they are going to be making a manga called The Witcher Ronin, uh, which will be, which will see a uh, Geralt take on Japanese mythology. So yes, it's it's CD Projekt Red uh, is now making manga <laughs> as as well as uh, video games. <laughs> Very interesting indeed. Um, and then we also got confirmation in in terms of uh, Deathloop and how long it will stay a PlayStation exclusive, as we all know that. Eventually, it was it was more than likely going to come to Xbox, but of course, Xbox purchased Bethesda. Uh, but anyway, uh, the game, of course, was delayed until September of this year. Um, but we now have confirmation uh, that it will be a exclusive on PS5 until at least September of next year. Um, so do not expect it on Xbox consoles before then, um, but it is releasing on PC as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and with that, Another Bethesda game has been delayed until at least early 2022. Uh, again, I think releasing on PS5 first is uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Sticking with PlayStation here for a second. Gran Turismo 7 uh, may be having a beta coming soon. Uh, apparently some uh, uh, preview codes or download codes. Uh, some download codes were released out into the wild. However, uh, none of them seem to be working as of this time. Um, but they were for a seemingly unannounced Gran Turismo 7 beta. And uh, switching gears over to, to technically Xbox, but also coming to all systems, Psychonauts 2. A uh, game created by Double Fine, who was purchased by Microsoft about a year or two ago. Uh, they have announced that it will have a new invincibility toggle. Um, and what they are calling the ability for, quote, all people should be able to enjoy games. Unquote. And, you know, it makes sense. There's a lot of people who just don't have time to sit and slog through a game sometimes. And uh, I guess uh, they, they shared it on the Xbox Twitter that said, quote, beating the game on the lowest difficulty is still beating the game, unquote. Which some people would say it's not and some people would say it is. I know a lot of people who, you know, scoff at me when I say I play Halo and Legendary. They're like, why do you torture yourself? And I get it. It's, it's a little annoying and... You know, games aren't always meant to be played on their hardest difficulty. They don't necessarily mean they should play them on their easiest either. Um, but if you beat it, you beat it, right? There's no going around that unless there's like a mode where you don't press any buttons. Then you're not really you're, you're not really doing anything. You're just watching. In invincibility mode, you're still playing the game, right? It's just you're not limited to lives or things like that. And I, I'm perfectly fine with that. And I get it, and it's a game that's geared towards kids too, and kids get frustrated sometimes. And I understand that maybe you're teaching a kid patience and blah, 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 right? There's a time and place for that. Sometimes people just want to enjoy a game and have fun and not have to struggle, and an invincibility mode is perfectly fine, right? 
I get it. It makes sense. More games should have it. Not every game. Like I said, time and place. Time and place. I don't want this in like a Halo. I don't want this in like an Assassin's Creed. That's Granted, that's never going to happen. But you know what I mean. And uh, it's, it's genius, right? Not everyone can throw 150 hours into a game. <laughs> which I'm slowly realizing I've done in Mass Effect 3 already. Which crazy, considering I barely put 50 plus hours into the first two each. But I get it, I get it. Um, and uh, I, I just, I think it's a smart move. I think it's a, a interesting move, especially in in how things are going. But it it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, and uh, you know, a, a game was announced this week that. Probably no one expected to be announced or expected to be, to even exist. And that was the announcement of Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, which is a Super Smash clone. And it's going to feature a whole bunch of Nickelodeon characters, including like old school ones, like French Toast Man from Ren and Stimpy. And it looks like old style Leonardo from... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, so far, we know of Danny Phantom as well, SpongeBob, Patrick, um, like I said, Leonardo, Nigel Thornberry, and uh, like I said, French Toast Man. And hold on, let me see. It, a very interesting roster: <laughs> um, Reptar, uh, Sandy Cheeks. And it's pretty much all Nickelodeon characters, right? Um, or Powdered Toast Man, excuse me. Oblina from All Real Monsters. Zim. As well as uh, two characters from The Loud House. And more to be announced in the future. So it comes out this fall. Completely out of nowhere. And I just, I'm in shock. That this is even a thing, <laughs> to be honest. Um, like, out of, of all things to be announced, this was one that I did not expect. Um, that's really funny. That's just, it's really funny that, that, like a Smash clone. Another Smash clone, but this time with all Nickelodeon characters. And if I'm not mistaken, there were other, like, there was, um... Nickelodeon game like this in the past too but you know like Cosmo and Wanda are going to be in this shit right um it'll be on all consoles PS4 PS5 Xbox Series X Xbox Series S uh Xbox One and then uh have 20 different levels plus uh more characters I think Switch as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm just trying to look for everything on it real quick, just to make sure. Uh, yeah, Nintendo Switch, Fall 2021. Uh, coming from Ludosity and Fairplay Labs. Trailers out. So yeah, Michelangelo and Leonardo. Nigel Thornberry, Powdered Toast Man, SpongeBob, Sandy, and Patrick. Oblina, Lucy and Lincoln Loud. Helga from Hey Arnold, Reptar, Zim, and Danny Phantom. So that's all that's been announced as of right now. 
Um, there will be more characters announced in the future. And it is the 1980s Leonardo and Michelangelo. So it is not any of the current or more recent uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles characters. Nigel Thornberry does some like wild ass like stances. Looks like he got taken over by Donnie. And uh, <laughs> some my Donnie impression there. Um, but uh, that is what that is going on and it comes out this fall. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, moving forward. So we all know Battlefield 2042 is coming this year. Um, well, they have officially announced that it will be getting crossplay. Uh, however, not all platforms are getting crossplay. Um, so, uh, essentially, it will be current gen and PC. Um, and PC can opt out if they want. So, PC, Xbox Series X and S, and PlayStation 5 uh, will have crossplay. While only Xbox One and PlayStation 4 players will have crossplay. Um, and I guess this has to do with the fact that my, uh, current gen consoles will have 128 player matches, while last gen will only have 64 player matches. Um, I guess map sizes are going to be different as well, so technically they're different games. Um, so just be aware, if your friends are on last gen and you're on current gen and you both get Battlefield 2042, you will not be able to play with each other. So keep that, um, keep that in the back of your mind. Um, and then final bit of gaming news happened late today. It came out. Netflix is planning on adding games to its catalog in the near future. Um, they have hired a uh, ex-EA and Facebook executive. They're going to start developing their own games as well. Uh, his name is Mike Verdu. Um, it will be a new game development. Uh, this is per Bloomberg. And... Um, it's crazy. So Verdu used to work at Facebook for Oculus. And um, I guess he worked for EA as well. And while, while we don't know the full extent of this, um, if they're going to make their own games, if they're going to stream other games, it, it's interesting that now Netflix is jumping into the ring, uh, especially after Google, Amazon, and of course Xbox is now doing it as well. Granted, Xbox um, is a little easier on a console, essentially. Um, and plus, Microsoft has a, a ton of servers that it uses, um, so it knows how to, to deal with, with stuff in the cloud. Um, I mean, Netflix has had interactive shows before, but it, of course it's different from, from games. So we'll see how it all works out um, as he has been hired, Verdu has been hired as the VP of Game Development for Netflix. Um, we still don't know the full extent of how this will turn out. Um, or if it will turn out and what it turns into. Um, but that's it for gaming today. Um, nothing crazy going on this week. Uh, moving on to T, um, moving on to TV though. Um, the boys is getting a digital web series, uh, that will fill in the gaps between season two and three. And it's very Fox news like, excuse me. It's very much like a certain, News channel. <laughs> you get the gist of what I'm saying. Um, Paramount Plus, Amazon, and Netflix have all announced that they will have panels at Comic-Con at home. Uh, Paramount Pluses will be in regards to their Star Trek animated TV shows. That will be on uh, July 23rd. 
Uh, Amazon will have multiple panels regarding their multiple projects. Uh, they didn't announce the exact day yet. And Netflix Geeked will also have panels uh, focusing on Lucifer, uh, Masters of the Universe, and uh, a couple other shows as well. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Next week we will talk about that. Um, we'll talk about that in two weeks because it, it's at uh, Comic-Con at home is at the end of next week. Uh, switching gears here. Um, let's talk about Disney+. Plus. Uh, we got a new trailer for Marvel's What If, as, along with a release date of August 11th, so we don't have to wait very long. Um, a new trailer showing Killmonger saving Tony Stark's life. Um, more, uh, more of a look at the uh, T'Challa as Star-Lord, and then more of a look as Captain Carter, uh, the uh, replacement of, of Steve Rogers as, as uh, Captain America. Um, and it looks like they will interact in some way, and it will all be tied together with Doctor Strange, which seems like it's all going to tie into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, which, if you're watching Loki, I think we know where all that's going to come from. Uh, Tamura Morrison has confirmed that we don't know if the Book of Boba Fett will get a Season 2 just yet. Um, as they just wrapped filming, and obviously we're still months away from it actually premiering. So we'll see if, if that's just going to be an anthology series or if it will continue. And then today it was confirmed that Loki will get a season two. It is the first of the MCU shows to get an official announcement for a second season. Um, WandaVision, I think they pretty much said, won't get a second season. And we still don't know yet on Falcon and Winter Soldier if that's going to get a season two or not. Considering we're getting a Captain America 4. But uh, we are going to get a season two of Loki... And, uh, of course, after uh, next week, we'll talk about the finale and how I think we can get a, a, how that will play into Season 2. Um, so, that is coming. And then next month, on the 25th of August, uh, we're going to get a new behind-the-scenes documentary from Star Wars Gallery about the season finale of uh, Season 2 of The Mandalorian, especially centered around that Luke Skywalker cameo. Spoilers! Um, so that will be fun to see. Uh, switching gears over to, uh, Netflix. Uh, Netflix had two announcements in regards to The Witcher at WitcherCon, of course. Um, and, uh, season two of The Witcher drops on December 17th. We got a new trailer for that. Uh, and they also announced a new anime series, uh, that comes out next month on the t August 23rd called... Nightmare and the Wolf, an anime series based on the Witcher novels. Um, we also learned about uh, Season 4 of Stranger Things, and we're going to dive more into Hopper's backstory and learn more things about Hopper. So it'll be a very Hopper-focused episode this week. Uh, or this week. Uh, Hopper-focused season uh, on Season 4 of Stranger Things. I am very into that. I love Hopper as a character. Um, I do enjoy, um, why can't I, David Harbour as an actor, uh, except in the, that atrocious Hellboy movie. Um, but, uh, David Harbour, and we'll talk about him later, because, of course, he was in Black, Black Widow. Um, but it's going to be a Hopper-focused season in season four, which, uh, I'm very excited to hear about. I very much enjoy Hopper as a character. Um, and then... 
Uh, other streaming services, Fairly Odd Parents is getting a live-action sequel series over on Paramount Plus, and they've started filming that uh, with Wanda and Cosmo returning with the original voice actors. Uh, so it will be a hybrid live-action cartoon show. And then over on Amazon, unfortunately, Nick Cage as Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, is no more. Uh, Amazon has seemingly shelved the project, and Nicolas Cage ex explained that, uh, in his opinion, it seems like because Tiger King had kind of faded, that um, he's kind of walked away from the project as they've kind of killed it, and he's no longer attached, which is unfortunate, because I think Nicolas Cage would have made an amazing Joe Exotic. And uh, I do want to talk about the, the shows. Um, but before we get to reviewing some of the big episodes from last week, I, the Emmys, the Emmy uh, nominations were announced this past week. And um, what's funny is Don Cheadle was nominated for Falcon and Winter Soldier, even though he was in the show for all of like a minute. And he like joked on Twitter about it. It was kind of funny. Um, so... It's pretty crazy. This is the 73rd Emmy nomination, 73rd Emmy Awards. Um, the Mandalorian and The Crown each got 24 each, which is the most. WandaVision got 23 nominations. Um, Handmaiden's Tale and Saturday Night Live got 21 each. Ted Lasso got 20 of all shows. Lovecraft Country and The Queen's Gambit got 18 each. And Mayor of Easttown got 16. Um, HBO... And HBO Max had the most nominations of any network, as per usual, with 130. Uh, Netflix had 129. And Disney Plus with 71 in the top three. So, let's uh, talk about some of these major nominations here. Drama Series, The Boys, Bridgerton, The Crown, Hand Handmaid's Tale, Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian, Pose, and This Is Us. That's that's a tough one on that one. Comedy series, you got Blackish, Cobra Kai, Emily in Paris, Hacks, The Flight Attendant, The Kaminsky Method, Pen15, and Ted Lasso. I keep hearing good things about Ted Lasso. I might have to get Apple Plus just for it. Uh, in terms of limited series, you have I May Destroy You, Mayor of Easttown, The Queen's Gambit, Underground Railroad, and WandaVision. For TV movie, you have Uncle Frank, Sylvie's Love, Oslo, Robin Roberts Presents, Mahalia, and Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. Lead actress in a drama series. Uh, you got Uzo Aduba and then In Treatment. Olivia Coleman and Emma Corrin for The Crown. Elizabeth Moss for Handmaiden's Tale. MJ Gut Rodriguez for Pose. And Journey Smollett for Lovecraft Country. Uh, lead actor. You got Sterling K. Brown, This Is Us. Jonathan Majors, Lovecraft Country. Remember that name. Josh O'Connor for The Crown, Roger Jean-Page for Bridgerton, Billy Porter for Pose, and Matthew Riss for Perry Mason. Um, okay, for these things to get all these uh, nominations, I haven't seen any. Oh, here we go, finally. Elizabeth Olsen nominated for WandaVision and lead actress in a limited series or TV movie. Uh, lead actor in a limited series or TV movie, you got Paul Bettany for WandaVision. Uh, supporting actor, supporting actress in a drama series, nothing there. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito nominated for The Mandalorian, perfect. And I'm just looking here, supporting actor in a comedy series, supporting actress in a comedy series. Where's this? Catherine Hahn, supporting actress in WandaVision. Supporting actor, 
Nothing there. Guest actor. So, uh, here we go. Don Cheadle was nominated for guest actor in a drama series. And Timothy Olymphit and Carl Weathers in The Mandalorian. I just, I don't know how you can nominate Don Cheadle for less than two minutes. I just, I think that's funny. Um, solid nominations over for, for Saturday Night Live as well. Um, but all the nominations can be viewed online. Uh, but The Mandalorian coming in strong with several nominations, which is uh, pretty solid. Pretty solid indeed. Um, anyway, let's talk about those Disney Plus shows and then Rick and Morty. So, The Bad Batch, huh? Filler episode. Filler episode. I did not need a backstory on Hera. Don't get me wrong, Hera is a badass character from Rebels, a badass pilot. Did not need an origin story for her. Just like we didn't need an origin story for Han Solo. This is the most filler episode of filler episodes that barely even focuses on the Bad Batch. I know Crosshairs is in it, but it looks like Orn Frita gets clapped, and now the internet thinks he wasn't, because technically he appears after this in a book, which is technically canon. Um, but they set up Harris family, and it explains essentially how she becomes a rebel. Chopper's in it, so that's always a plus. But overall, it was just like, what the fuck is this? Why is this an episode in The Bad Batch? And, like, obviously Hera and Omega become friends. Like, But it's... I don't know. I Hopefully it has real payoff. Because if it doesn't, then it was a wasted episode. Don't get me wrong. Hera is a great character in Star Wars fandom. In Star Wars canon. I don't need a backstory for every fucking character. Okay? I don't. Most of us don't. It was kind of a waste. That's all I'm saying. It was just a waste. It was literally the worst episode of the season. And it wasn't even bad. It just it was it was the worst because it, it does nothing to move the plot forward in any way, shape, or form. At, at least this late in the in the season. If it was earlier in the season, maybe. This late in the season, it, it's a complete and utter fucking waste. Terrible. Loki though. Ooh, that penultimate episode, folks. Glorious purpose. Classic Loki killed it. And seeing Loki interact with other Loki variants is just is just like chef's kiss, man. Chef's fucking kiss. And it, it just a great episode overall, like going to the end of time or whatever they call it. Um, just seeing different things. Getting Mo- Mobius back is is was great as well. And having him having some interaction with um, with Sylvie was interesting because we, we didn't get a lot of it through the rest of the season. Uh, it sucks that technically today's episode is the season finale because I would have liked to have more Loki. Um, but I'm happy we're getting a season two. But classic Loki and alligator Loki, man. Those are my spirit animals technically. But solid episode. Solid. I cannot wait to tell you guys about the finale. After I watch it either today or tomorrow. And then Rick and Morty. Like, it was a really good episode. But today I kind of struggled in remembering what it was about. Um, and But I do remember now. And it's about Morty causing a major problem. Because his sperm gets mutated. And uh, starts attacking the globe. And humans have to partner with their arch enemies. The Chud people who are like human. Like like a anthropomorphic anthra. Anthrop- Pomorphic horse people. 
and apparently they hate humans. But then their plan is to get a giant egg for the sperm to fertilize. But then it turns out to be, it comes out as Summer's egg. And, like, they don't want to make, like, a incest baby. Oh, my God. It was just, it was the most over-the-top episode I've seen in a long time. And it's about Morty getting caught in a lie. And it just snowballing from there. And and, and it was great. <laughs> it was actually really great. Now that I'm remembering all of it. I watched it too late the other night. And that's why I failed to remember it for a bit. But Rick and Morty Season 5 is just firing on all fucking cylinders. That's for damn sure. Um, That's it for TV. Really quick recap there. Just going over some things. Uh, let's talk about movies, huh? Uh, Encanto looks really fun. They uh, Disney dropped a teaser trailer for their new animated feature film that uh, comes out later this year uh, about a singing family in Colombia. Um, and then over uh, on the MCU side, Kevin Feige says they're not in the business of signing actors to like like nine picture deals anymore. Just if an actor wants to stay around, they'll they'll work it out with them, which is cool. So they're not kind of forced to do it. Um. And then, uh, why can't I think? Uh, Angela Bassett was being interviewed in in regards to Black Panther 2, uh, Wakanda Forever. And she has said that it has gone through at least five major changes, the script, um, as they get underway down in Atlanta, or in Georgia at least, to to film it. So we'll see how that plays out in the future. And then Margot Robbie... uh, is playing Barbie in an upcoming film, and we finally know who's going to direct the film, uh, and it's Greta Gerwig. Uh, Greta Gerwig has been making a name for herself as a director, making very great films, all critically acclaimed films, uh, just like Lady Bird a few years back. Um, she was an actress for a while. I guess she stopped to just be an actor, and I think she did the Little Women remake too. Uh, but Greta Gerwig will direct the Barbie movie starring Margot Robbie. Who's literally like the perfect person to play Barbie, if you ask me. Um, Black Widow has broken a pandemic record with an $80 million opening night, including $60 million on Disney Plus, of all places, uh, with that premiere access. Making $60 million, even with technically less ticket sales. Because um, you get like five people to watch the movie for 30 bucks instead of all of them paying like 15 at a theater. But hey, whatever works, right? Solid. Nature's healing. I went to the theater to see it. Um, and then uh, Deadpool. It's all very MCU focused today. Um, Deadpool has apparently joined the MCU. Um, in a trailer reaction video, Deadpool hangs out with Korg. <laughs> um, which is not the crossover anyone was expecting. Uh, Korg, of course, is voiced by Taika Waititi uh, from the Thor films. Uh, Taika, of course, is also in Ryan Reynolds' film, uh, new film Free Guy. And them just having fun. And it's fucking great. And I'm happy to see technically Deadpool's in the MCU now. And it's all from a fucking trailer reaction video on Ryan Reynolds' Twitter. And it makes sense because Disney owns Fox Studios, who made Free Guy. And of course, this is how they're going to bring Deadpool into the MCU. Of course. Of course it is. 
Um, that's just, that's so Deadpool. Um, and then uh, to go away from the MCU here for a second, we got our first tease of the Black Adam suit from The Rock. Um, and he pretty much said, this isn't your typical muscle suit. Well, no fucking shit, Rock. You're fucking jacked. You're yoked as fuck, dude. It's literally just like a skin-tight thing showing off his actual muscles. And it's just his, like, his shoulders. So it's not even anything major. But it looks good. Um, and then we got uh, a couple of pictures of Jackass Forever have been shown off. And it looks like they're bringing back the, the bull. Uh, dicking around with bulls. And uh, bovine creatures. And hoping you don't get fucking mauled by a horn. Uh, but some other interesting stunts that have no explanation, but definitely look ridiculous. Um, can't wait for when that movie drops later this year. But that is it for our standard movie news. And I do want to talk about Black Widow. And this is a movie that, if COVID hadn't delayed it, it should have still come out before Endgame. Because there were no stakes, right? Like... You know what happens to Black Widow. So you're sitting there watching all these scenes and situations where it's like, okay, I I have no, there's no suspense here. There's no thrill because we know she's going to fucking survive, right? Like we just know that she'll be fine in everything that plays out in this movie. And my other issue with it is it's like the fakest of the Marvel movies. And, and grin, we're talking about movies with dudes with nanobot suits and going to space and shit. But, like, of, of all those movies, some of those, a lot of those things just seemed plausible. Like, a lot of the stunts, a lot of the action. In this movie, they're just, like, way over the top. Like, to a, a ridiculous level. And maybe it's because I haven't seen a Marvel movie new in, like, a year and a half. But... I don't know, man. It just, it, it was weird. It was weird watching it and just sitting there like, cool. I mean, we know what happens to her down the road. So there's no, there's no emotional weight to it. But, but I do love David Harbour as the Red Guardian, who is literally the best character in the movie. And then Florence Pugh as Yelena is amazing great comedic relief and like her jokes nail in that movie and they make fun of black widow for her poses and all this other shit my issue is their fake ass russian accents which i think gta 4 with roman and nico bellic would have better i think i could do better russian accent than what they did in black widow please it's no contest because their their accents kept breaking in weird places. And then Ray Winstone's character, of all things, like his doesn't seem to exist at all. Rachel Wise's is, is awful. Oh my god. Like, stereotypical 80s action movie Russian accent. It was bad, man. It was so bad. But... And then, this is what I don't understand, right? This movie takes place in between Civil War and, and Infinity War. And then all of a sudden there's just this giant floating platform above Russia that S.H.I.E.L.D. and Nick Fury and Iron Man have just never found. 
I find that really fucking hard to believe. Like, this movie takes place inside a dream, is what it seems like. It, it just, there were parts that just didn't seem real, or realistic, or plausible. But, it, it was fun. So it was still fun to watch. Like I said, Florence Pugh as Yelena fucking killed it. David Harbour as Red Guardian, my spirit animal. My fucking spirit animal. And he keeps trying to tell this story of when he fought Captain America, but it doesn't make sense. Because Captain America was on ice. Unless he fought Captain... Unless Captain America was doing shit when he wasn't supposed to after he went back in time. But technically that's an alternate timeline. It's a branch timeline. But I don't know. But uh, Black Widow was great. Uh, but a 7 out of 10 though. Like I said, because there were no stakes. It's just like you're watching like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, I, we know what happens. And Taskmaster as a villain is is okay. The reveal was a great payoff of who it actually is. And it is a new character. And, and Taskmaster's scenes are great. And the action is great. That's the other thing about this movie. I, I felt like I was watching a Bourne movie in, in terms of action. And there hasn't been this much, this much, must, this must, this much action in like the first 25 minutes of a Marvel movie, I think, yet. The, the, the action is on point. The action choreography, the fight choreography is, is second to none. And that's really saying something for a movie that like is the fakest and the most over the top of the Marvel movies. But I enjoyed it. It was it was worth the watch. Like I said, 7 out of 10. Um, and hopefully not much longer uh, until the next Marvel film with Shang-Chi in August, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but that's it for Nick's Nerd News today. Thank you guys for coming in. Again, I'm your host, Nick. Uh, always check out nicksternews.com where you guys can find links uh, to our Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast pages where you can follow the show you can subscribe like share rate do whatever you like um, you can also listen to the show right in your browser if you prefer um, also while you're there check out our social media page where you can see all of our facebook twitter and instagram feeds where we post a lot of fun memes uh, or if you prefer just look for nick's nerd news on your social media platform of choice and uh with that not a crazy long episode today not a whole lot going on in the middle of summer here as uh as per usual, uh, but I will catch you guys on the flip side.